Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. Before you sit down, let's bow our heads and let's pray together. Father, we love your word. There is nothing like your word in this world. Your word has been exalted above your name and above everything. We pursue your word more than they that pursue after hidden treasure. Teach us, instruct us, give us wisdom, give us understanding, give us clarity that your word may become a reality in every area of our lives. May we be changed, transformed, and impacted by your word this morning. And may we have a supernatural encounter with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be comfortably seated. And like dad said, pull out your notebook, your pen, take some notes. You're watching live. I want to welcome you. You're going to be blessed today. God's going to equip you. God's going to empower you uh, for personal success. And I want to share a word this morning that has really impacted my life. It's more of a testimony of the journey that God has taken me through uh, from the time that I remember when my parents went through a very nasty divorce. Divorce is never a pleasant experience. It was a painful experience to see a family disintegrate and there we were at a very critical time in our lives going through school confused, frustrated, disappointed and wondering what's going to happen to us and out of that God began to work in my life and I remember going through moments where you feel this is the end. This is the end of you. Um, I've told you the story before. Some of you have heard this. I remember working in a restaurant as a, as a waiter, serving club specials, rock shanties, castle lagers. Can you imagine? There was the man of God, rock bottom, selling castle and lager to, to survive and getting tips. And I remember my life at that moment so broke, having to walk everywhere, having to struggle to get things working and thinking, God, why am I here on earth until I began to have encounters with the word of God? And it was the word that began to change my perspective, that began to change me and help me to have a sense of direction, a sense of clarity and a sense of focus. So this morning, I want to talk to you about Joseph dreamed another dream. I want to encourage you. It's time to dream again. Nudge your neighbor and tell them, dream another dream. Tell the other, that neighbor was bored. Tell the other one. Tell the other neighbor, dream another dream. It's time to dream another dream. When one dream looks like it's not working and things are not going right, dream another dream. Don't give up. Joseph dreamed another dream. I want to challenge you and let you know that you are destined for greatness. And perhaps you may not be feeling that right now because of what's going on. Divorces knocking at the door of your marriage. Poverty has been a permanent part of your life for the last couple of years. And you're frustrated about your dreams, your careers. You had aspirations that you have locked away in a safe somewhere thinking that it'll never come to pass. I want you, I want you to know this morning, it's time to dream another dream. It's time to get up because you are destined for greatness. There is greatness on the inside of you. God has placed greatness on the inside of you. And I want to challenge you this morning. By the time you come out, you should be able to sing, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. You better touch the sky. You better fly today. Amen. 
your dream is worth pursuing. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how crazy it looked. It doesn't matter how weird it looked. I'm here to tell you your dream is worth pursuing. Amen. Let's read some scriptures. We're going to begin in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Yeah, that sounds that almost sounded like you're there. Let's try that again. Jeremiah 29, 11. Hey, let's get into the word. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God is speaking and he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. Amen. As husbands and wives, if you're married, isn't it always so sweet when your wife sends you a message towards the end of the day and she tells you, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about tonight. There's a, there's a sense of anticipation and expectation because you're wondering what is she thinking about what are the thoughts on her mind you're looking forward to the manifestation of the thoughts is that not correct am i the only one okay two three four five of us okay great there is always an excitement when somebody good is thinking about you so if God is thinking thoughts about me I want to know God what are your thoughts what are the things you're thinking about amen the Bible says Genesis 37 verse 5 to 6 and Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brethren and they hated him yet the more and he said unto them here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed Joseph dreamed a dream. He had a dream. And in this dream, he began to see how God was going to take him to become a voice to the nations and make him great. When he shared his dream to his brothers, they hated him. Here's the bottom line. When you share your dream with people, they may hate you. There are haters that will be jealous regardless of how great your dream is. Not everybody will celebrate you. Not everybody will be excited about where God is taking you to. So stop waiting for everybody to vote and say yes you're a great success there will be haters so 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 keep dreaming keep going but the bible says chapter verse 9 same chapter it says and he dreamed yet another dream the haters didn't stop him from dreaming again he dreamed yet another dream and he told it to his brethren and behold this is what i have dreamed even more behold the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me they honored me they bowed down before me in other words i will be honored i will be celebrated people will bow down my parents my mom my dad my 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 siblings are all going to honor me now this is a radical dream to have seeing at this moment he was the last born he was the last born the smallest the one who had the less the least advantages amongst everybody for them to think we will bow down to you was a really strange thing but when favor comes upon your life and when you step into your destiny and when your time comes they will honor you they will recognize you and they will celebrate you amen why does God give us dreams? God gives us dreams so that we can have a glimpse into the mind of God. A dream is a glimpse. It's, it's kind of peeping, you know, when it's Christmas time and you put Christmas presents around the tree. Your kids want to, want to pick up the box and shake it and find out, is this the PS5 that I've been, PS4 that I was believing for? What is it? Is this, is this the car? Is this the gun? If it's nice and long, yes, I think it's my, my Nerf gun. I've been believing for it. So we want to have a glimpse into what is prepared for us. 
So God gives us dreams so that we can have a glimpse into his destiny and into his assignment for our lives. Amen. God gives us access into those thoughts that he may establish his kingdom here on earth. You need to have access into that mind. And whatever you see in the realm of the dreams is the stuff that God wants you to manifest in the realm of the world that you're living in. The dreams that he gives to you. Are a reality, amen. But here's an important statement you cannot walk in the fullness of your dreams without a release of the supernatural power of God in your life. You cannot walk in the fullness. Every God given dream requires and places a demand on the supernatural power of God. Why? Because every dream that God gives to you is beyond your own ability, it's beyond your budget, it's beyond your financial capacity. It's beyond your intellectual capabilities. Every dream that God gives to you will intimidate you, will scare you, will make your stomach turn a little bit. When God tells you, this is what I want to do with you. This is what I want to take. This is where I want to take you to. There will be a sense of, oh my goodness, I cannot do it. I can like Moses who saw the call of God on his life. And he says, but, 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 but. God, 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 I, I, I stammer. Why, 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 why are you calling me? God will call you beyond your natural skill, abilities, and strengths. God wants to take you beyond you. So it will place a demand on the supernatural power of God. I'm telling you, everything that God has done in our lives has required prophetic words and words of encouragement. And it's required prayer and worship and fasting and going before God and saying, God, you showed me this dream. You showed me this vision. You said I must do this. You better make a way. It places a demand on the supernatural power of God. God worked in the life of Joseph to prepare him for his destiny. Every destiny requires preparation. Every mandate, every vision requires preparation. And a lot of us do not like the process of preparation. Mom makes the statement often, make peace with the process. You've got to understand to become a great CEO, to become a great inventor, to become a great director, there's a process, there's a process. Make peace with the process. You're going to have to rub shoulders with people. You're going to have to rub some people the wrong way. Make peace with the process. I remember when God began to birth this destiny on the inside of me, I had many frustrating moments, many painful moments, many moments when I thought this thing is not going to happen, but I had to learn to encourage myself. I went through the process of, of having to encourage myself. The Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. There have to be moments when you encourage yourself and say, get up one more time, get up one more time. I know you feel like you're rock bottom but get up one more time you got to encourage yourself amen Bible says a righteous man will fall seven times, but he will get up again. Get up. I love watching those movies. I don't know if I, about you. Watching a Rambo movie. He's bloody. He's bleeding and he can't see. His eye is swollen, but he goes into that corner and his coach comes and pats him and wipes him and wipes, washes away the blood and he tells him, are you okay? Are you okay? Can you see the fingers? How many fingers? You can do this. He gives him a, a massage and he says come on get up and the music changes the atmosphere changes the atmosphere is charged 
and he comes back on that thing. You knocked me out the last time, but I am back. I'm encouraging myself. I'm destined for greatness. There's a call of God on my life. I'm not going to stay on the ground. I will get up one more time. You better dream another dream. You better dream another dream. The call of God will require preparation. God will work in you to prepare you for his purpose. You need to recognize the working of the spirit of God in your life so that you don't get discouragement. Discouragement is a product of broken focus. When you lose focus on what God is doing and you focus on what is going on, you become discouraged. Discouraged means to lose strength to finish the said course. You become discouraged. Why? Because you're looking at how difficult it is. My wife hasn't cooked breakfast for me for two weeks and, and my kids are not honoring me anymore. And my finances, every time I go to that ATM, it's just telling me insufficient balance. You you become discouraged because you're focusing on the circumstances and not on the dream. Get up and look at the dream. Get up and look at that dream again. Amen. I remember those moments when I walked for kilometers going to church, going to all the places. I'd sing to myself and I'd tell myself, hey, Titch, it looks tough right now. You've got a holy shoes, shoes with holes on them. You've got one shirt, one jacket that you wear. Have you ever been at a place where you have just one suit in church? So one day you wear the pants, then next Sunday you wear the jacket and then you try and mix and match just to make it look like you have more than one. I, I don't know if you've ever been there, but... But I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. Where you now feel everybody knows, oh, that brother with the yellow shirt. We, we know the brother who's always in the yellow shirt. I've been there. But I remember telling myself, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter that you're walking. I'm a world shaker. I'm a history maker. I'm a world shaker. I'm a history maker. I'm a world shaker. I'm a history maker. 22 years ago, telling myself I'm a world shaker. Little did I know that the reality was going to manifest at the magnitude that it has. I'm telling you, regardless of where you are, you are a world shaker. You are a history maker. Dream again. Dream again. Dream again. Dream again. Hallelujah. Bible says, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, being confident, have some confidence in this. What? That this very thing, which one? That he, God, that has begun a good work in you, will perform it until, until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not, he's not going to stop working in your life just, just because you tripped up and things didn't work. He's not going to change his mind about your destiny just because you didn't have money, just because you got fired. I mean, some of us have been fired. Some of us have lost it all. I've been there where you have to believe God for money just for paying bills. I've been there where you had a salary coming in and then there's no salary and you're thinking, what am I going to do? I've been there. But in that moment, you have to remind yourself, he that has begun a good work will bring it to completion. Bible says in Acts chapter 7 verse 9, and the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph to Egypt, but... God was with him. It doesn't matter what people will do to you. Your brothers will sell you to Egypt. Your brothers will hate you. They'll turn their backs on you. They'll let you down. But the key is, but God was with him. When there's a but God in your life, I don't care what happens in the economy. I don't care what happens politically. I don't care what happens in your finances. When there is a but God, 
Pastor teacher, holy shoes, but God, but God, but God, I'm telling you, there's a but God was with him in your life. Amen. There's a but God. Somebody say amen to that. There was a but God. Recognize the hand of God working in your life. Many people give up at the break point because they fail to see that God is at work in their lives. God begins his working in you. By giving you a picture. So principle number one in becoming great. Principle number one is simply this. Joseph had a dream. Have a dream. Have a dream. Do you have a dream? You need to have a dream. What is a dream? A dream is a glimpse into the mind of God. A dream is a picture of an expected reality. A dream is today's picture of tomorrow's reality. You begin to experience tomorrow in your dream before tomorrow arrives. So that you can prepare today when tomorrow arrives. You are ready for it. Have a dream. How many of you have a dream? If you walk into my office, I've got one wall, which is just my vision corner. It's full of color. It's full of pictures. It's got scriptures. It's got stuff on it. Pictures of cars, pictures of businesses. I've got a PowerPoint presentation on my computer. I look at it regularly to remind me of the vision. I have a dream. I can be like Martin Luther, who said, I have a dream. I've been to the mountain and I, I have a dream. Dream again. Dream again. It's time to dream again. It's time to go back to that bottom drawer. Open that drawer. Pull out that picture of that business. Pull out that business plan. Pull out that... I don't know what it is that you put in there. Pull it out. Pull it out. That picture of the girl that you said, I'm going to marry her. Pull it out and put it back on the wall. And tell her, I don't care what you said to me last month, but I will marry you. Dream again. Dream again dream again the bible says when hope is deferred it makes the heart sick but when the desire comes it is like a tree of life hope deferred means discouragement it means despondency and we're living in a generation that is plagued with despondent discouraged disdained people that are thinking there's nothing else left to life that is why we've got a generation of young people that walk extra slow there's no urgency in their step there's no passion in their step because they don't know what tomorrow holds for them we need to pump them with some vision we need to pump them with some destiny we need to pump them with some desire we need to pump them with a picture of a better tomorrow they are overwhelmed by the heaviness that tomorrow is bleak and black and dark and gloomy but we need to tell them hey I've got a dream I saw you change the world I saw you as a president I saw you as a governor I saw you as a leader I saw you running a church of 10,000 people we need to help our young people to dream again it's time to dream yet another dream so have a dream Joseph, God begins his dealings with him by creating a desire, giving him a picture. Have a clear, compelling vision of where God is taking you to. Have a clear picture of what God is doing in your life. But I want you to also notice that every dream, every dream that God gives, every glimpse of his reality that he gives to you has got three Ps. Number one, it's got a place. Number two, a period. And number three, it's got a people. Every dream has a place. What's the place of my function? What is the place of my appointment? 
What place has God called me to go, go into? Every dream has a place. I was born and bred in Zimbabwe. I grew up in Zimbabwe until 2005 when I came to South Africa as a missionary. And when I got planted as a missionary, I found my destiny. I found my assignment to plant churches, to grow people, to develop people. But I had to be in the right place before my destiny could be activated. It's when you step into the right place. You see, stepping into a place like this, you're in the right place. This church is the right place. Why? Because the atmosphere is supernaturally charged with pregnancy of dreams and destinies and hopes. This place is charged up with hope. You walk in here, it's like, whoa, I can change the world. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. You need to be in the right place. You see, even while in South Africa, God, God didn't allow certain things to happen in my life until, until I walked into a space where there was an apostolic anointing. When I connected with dad, it was like, boom, doors began to open, favor began to flow. And I'm going to touch on that just now. But you've got to be in the right place. Somebody say place. So every dream has a place where it will flourish. And then number two, it has a period. Every dream has a best before. You go and you buy your milk, you look at the back and if it says best before January, you're not going to buy that milk. Why? It's expired. Every dream has a best before. It has a time period. This is your time. In case you didn't know, that is prophetic. This is your time. You're in your time. This is the appointed time. This is the period where your dream should flourish. Amen. I said, amen. I remember one time I got a call from dad and he says, come home. Uh, let's have some coffee. We got home and we sat in the lounge. And as we sat there, he went somewhere at the back of the house, came back with this beautiful box. He opened it and he said, son, the Lord spoke to me and said, I should give you this beautiful watch this beautiful watch this is a few years ago two years ago when this happened and and i wear this watch and every day i tell myself it's my time he said god told me to tell you it's your time and when an apostle prophesies that it's your time then you know the period has come you're activated i'm gonna function and i'm gonna be the best milk during this period before my period expires i'm gonna maximize my gift I'm going to express my gift I came to tell you it's your time it's your appointed time for your gift to express itself and then finally every dream has a people that it is assigned to not everybody will celebrate you not everybody loves me not every I've got professional haters that stalk me on Facebook just to make comments every time I say God wants you to be prosperous they will post stuff and say you are a prosperity preacher you prosperity people da 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 there will be haters that will stalk you just to discredit you and make you feel like you're hopeless and useless but disregard the haters focus on the people that love you there's enough people that love you and God will raise up people that love you there are are people that love you there, there are some that will tell you you're too short too fat too thin too dark too whatever but there are some people that think you're just perfect the way you are so stop focusing on the haters and wasting time and emotion on your haters focus on those that love you focus on those that celebrate you so your dream your vision as a place period and it has a people. So Joseph 
had a dream. You have a dream. It is your time to dream. It is your time for your dream to happen. Your dream will rewrite the structure of your brain and realign your brain for greatness. When your dream dies, Satan begins to confine you in mediocrity. But when your dream comes alive, God begins to release you into your notoriety. He begins to bring out the greatness that is in you. Never underestimate the words of your mockers. They will always mock you in line with your dream. They came to Joseph and they said to Joseph, here comes the dreamer. In that statement was the key that was going to cause him to be the most influential man in the whole land of Egypt and beyond. Number two, here's key number two. Joseph had favor with his father. He had favor with his father. The Bible says now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him notice a coat of many colors. He made him a coat of many colors. What has your father made for you? It's what your father makes for you that when you put it on, it gives you profile. It gives you prominence. It gives you a place to be a voice and not an echo. Joseph had a coat and that coat stood out. They could tell that was Joseph from afar by virtue of what he was putting on. Have favor with your father. Accessing favor from your father causes doors to open that no man can close. Amen. Favor with your father causes you to become a voice and not an echo. How do you get favor with your father? By a simple principle called honor. Joseph honored his father and because he honored his father the father made him a coat. The Bible says he used to tell his father of all the stuff that his brothers used to do because the brothers used to steal and do all kinds of stuff and he would come with a report and say dad we need to manage the family business. The brothers are causing it to be at risk. So the father began to love him and he made him the coat. The favor you have with your father is a powerful tool and it comes by a principle of honor. When you honor your father, when you recognize him as a set person over you, your spiritual authority is designed to give you a coat, a cloak that gives you authority and validates and authenticates your calling, your assignment in the marketplace. Dishonor is a lack of a currency that validates you in the marketplace. Your business is illegitimate without the legitimizing words of a spiritual authority. The thing that gives me legitimacy in the marketplace, both as a businessman and as a speaker and as a pastor is the fact that I am the son of Nikki Fandavestasen. Wherever I go and they say, oh, he's the son of Nikki, yeah, that we saw him on television with Apostle Nikki. Are you his son? Oh my goodness, you're a son of that validates who I am. I didn't know the power of the father-son relationship until I began to see doors open for me. And I didn't know how those doors opened until sometimes I sit with the people and they said, no, we called your father and he speaks very well of you. And I thought, oh, okay, they're investigating. Before they invite me, they check whose son is he? What does he stand for? Does he have integrity? Does he do things right? And when the words of your father are spoken, they validate who you are. What is your father saying about you? Oh my goodness. Samuel and Saul had a father-son relationship. It was the words of Samuel that gave Saul his authority. Moses and Joshua, it was the words of Moses that validated Joshua. Elijah and Elisha, it was the words of Elijah that validated Elisha's assignment. Who is your spiritual covering what is your spiritual covering saying about your call and your assignment number three he did not compromise your dream will be tested every dream will be tested he did not compromise his values for convenience and temporary pleasure 
In times of testing, that is when the real you appears. It is in times of trouble when God reveals himself as a powerful deliverer. You could be watching on television right now on, on Facebook. I want you to know your dream will be tested. You will be challenged. But in that day of testing, you need to stand with integrity. When that manager says, sleep with me to get a promotion, you say, no, I don't do that. What you're willing to walk away from is what God will bring into your life. Joseph was willing to walk away from Potiphar's wife and he was given Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah. There was a similar connection between what he was willing to walk away from to that which he was given. God will bring to you in greater measure, in better measure. He could have, ta he could have taken possession of a woman who was somebody else's wife, but God gave him his own virgin that was kept pure for him. God will take you to the next level if you're willing to stand for what you believe. Your dream will be tested. What will you do in the day of the testing of your dream integrity is who you are when nobody is watching who are you when we're not there who are you when nobody's watching how are you getting your deals how are you getting your relationships going you have to stand for integrity your dream will be tested but you must stand and then number four great people possess gaps this is powerful every person here has gaps gaps is an acronym that stands for giftings abilities potentials and strengths you have giftings in you what are the giftings i tell people in our coaching sessions you must do a gaps audit because the gaps the giftings abilities potentials and strengths that you possess will help you fill the gaps in this world that will bring reward to your life when i saw that there were gaps in the area of writing kingdom books and publishing kingdom books and doing kingdom movies i took the gifts the gifts abilities potentials and strengths that were within me and i began to develop myself as a filmmaker develop myself as an author and publisher develop myself as a game developer and now i am filling a gap in this world by the gaps that i possess and that is translating to income and wealth i want you to know your gaps will reward you see a man who's diligent in his business he will not stand before mean men obscure men he will stand before great a man's gift proverbs 18 verse 16 will make room for him and take him before the great your gift is about to open doors for you your gift is about to give you access to your next level discover your gifts your abilities your potentials and your strengths and the last one here's the last one great people have been healed from their past Bible says when he was given Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, he had two sons the first son's name was Manasseh the name Manasseh means the Lord has healed me from the pain of my past. You cannot possess your future if you're holding on to the pain of the past. You cannot possess your greatness if you're holding on to the bitterness. You've got to do a cost-benefit analysis. Should I remain bitter at my mother who hurt me? Should I remain bitter at the person who broke my heart and not possess my future? I know so many people that were in churches where they were abused financially by pastors and now they don't want to give their tithes and offerings because of something that happened in a previous relationship should the pain of the past stop me from giving now so that i don't step into my prosperity let it go let it go let it go
let it go. If I can sing the song from Frozen and tell you, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Don't hold on to that stuff. Let it go. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Take a hold of your destiny. Your destiny is greater than where you've been. Where God is taking you is greater than what you have experienced. The pain of the past is nothing compared to the great destiny that God has for you. You're about to step into business. You're about to step into success. You're about to step into your great marriage. But if you step into your new marriage with the pain of the divorce that you went through, your new wife will experience the pain that you gave to the previous relationship and that marriage will die. Let it go. Let it go. Don't hold on to that stuff. He had to forgive his brothers. He had to forgive his haters. He had to forgive all those that let him down. And as I close today, I want you to have an opportunity. Let it go. What is the benefit of letting it go? The benefit of letting it go is after if Manasseh is born, there is an Ephraim coming. Ephraim means double fruitful. Ephraim means fruitful. God has made me double fruitful even in a foreign land. That's what Joseph said. I'm a foreigner here in Egypt, but God has made me double fruitful. But it's because I was willing to Manasseh. I was willing to let it go. If I didn't let it go, I would not have become fruitful. It's your time for double fruitfulness. It's your time for double increase. It's your time for multiplication. It's your time for overflow. I came to tell you, dream again. Dream again. It's time to get up and dream again. Stand up on your feet. Lift up your hands to the King of Kings. It's time for Manasseh. It's time to be healed. Let it go. Let it go. Let go of the pain. Forgive. Choose to forgive right now. Forgive your pastor. Forgive your mother. Forgive your teacher. Forgive your brothers that let you down. I don't know who broke your heart. Let it go right now. God is about to make you double fruitful. Increases come upon your life. Lift up those hands as we pray. I'm about to hand over. Lift up those hands as we pray. There's a supernatural flow of the power of God right now. Bringing healing to hearts. Bringing healing to your heart. Bringing healing to your dream. Bringing healing to, your, to the pain of your past. God is your healer. God is your deliverer. God is your giver of life. God is releasing dreams right now. Your dreams that were dead are coming alive. I said your dreams that were dead are coming alive. Shabala Karamahande. You're about to become double fruitful. Come and take it in this atmosphere. Take your dream back. Take your dream back. Dream again. They hated you until you gave up on your dream. Dream again. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release over this house a supernatural restoration of dreams. A supernatural restoration of hope. Let hope come alive. Let dreams come alive. Every dream, every destiny, every future that was arrested by bitterness, anger, pain, unforgiveness, and offense, I lose it today. And I declare they will be double fruitful. You are Ephraim. You are an Ephraim, double fruitful. You are an Ephraim, fruitful even in a time of adversity. I release this upon you. Let there be a supernatural activation of dreams in this house. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, shout unto the Lord. I said, if you believe it, shout unto God. Shout unto God. Come on, Ephraim. Come on, Ephraim. You're double fruitful. Shout unto God. 
For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.